This episode is brought to you by the Renovate program, a program specifically built to help busy professionals renovate their everyday to create the time to change. So here's the question. In our professional services businesses where the rules were written decades ago and the world keeps changing, how do we as experts grow our businesses, support our people, meet disruption, all while staying true to ourselves and our values so that we can thrive? That's the question. This is the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant. I'm super excited today to have Ryan Lazanis with us. He's actually going to come all the way from Canada. And that's why I thought I'd use hello today, because when we're actually recording at 6 a.m. my time and about 4 p.m., I think, um, in Montreal, in Canada, where Ryan's from. So Ryan is a CPA, CA, and he founded an accounting firm called Zen Accounting, um, which I absolutely love the name of that. And it was a 100% cloud-based accounting firm. And in 2013, he founded that, and then he transitioned it Um, in 2018 and sold it to a larger firm. From there, Ryan started Future Firm, specifically to help accountants fast track an online scalable firms with the help of his blog, podcast, weekly newsletters that are sent out to 4,000 plus firm leaders, one of which included me, which is why we're here today. From then, he's also set up Future Firm Accelerate, his online coaching membership. Now, it was through one of um, Ryan's emails that really tweaked my interest and it was specifically the one that really stood out was around Jeff Bezos entering the accounting world. And he not only entering the accounting world, he was actually investing in it through his own personal investment company in the accounting tech startup pilot. And it was through Ryan's email that I, I kind of find out about that and got curious about it. So while this was the initial reason for the reach out, and we did spend a bit of a t- conversation in today's episode on why Amazon's founder is dipping his toes into the accounting world, we got into what I really considered are more important topics particularly around shifting mindset from practice mindset to business mindset and building businesses that suit our own lifestyles. And both of these elements, I think, are super important going forward to meet any disruption, whether that's coming from one of the world's richest men. And I say one because I think he goes between one and two or not. We also really sort of then rumbled on why there is a massive skill set to meet this um, disruption going forward, particularly how both the Canadian and Australian education systems coming from both our membership groups and universities are very high on technical and low on interpersonal and planning skills, which will help us always meet disruption going forward. Anyhow, stay tuned for a really good conversation, bringing up a few interesting topics And as always, continue the conversation and be brave. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, I'm super excited to have Ryan Lozanis with us. And I'm coming to you at 6 o'clock morning, my time, and I think about what, 4 a.m., p.m., your time. That's right, 4 p.m. Ryan's over on the east coast of Canada. And as I said in the intro, he has a a business called Future Firm um, and 
sort of, you know, looking at, really looking at the, these modern, more modern style firm and working with the um, business owners in that. So welcome, Ryan. Can you tell us a bit in your own words uh, about your story and um, how you came to be here? Sure, absolutely. So thanks for having me, Samantha. Looking forward to being here. And um, so uh, I uh, was born and raised here in Montreal, Canada, and uh, I obtained my CPA designation at a small traditional CPA firm. So uh, chartered professional accountant firm here in Canada. And um, I worked there for about five, six years, left public practice, never thought I would go back to public practice, uh, went to work as an assistant controller at a medical company. That lasted a full six months before I realized that that just wasn't the type of gig for me. I think I realized at that point I was just not meant to be an accountant working in an accounting department and uh, had a little bit of that entrepreneurial blood in me. My father was a small business owner and decided to start my own business. Thing is, I was very inexperienced in pretty much everything other than just doing client file work up until that point. So I figured I'd start an accounting firm but I was very disillusioned with the typical model uh, that I felt really drove firm owners into the ground. Staff really didn't enjoy working in that kind of traditional, archaic, manual environment. And um, I identified mostly with the client, and I felt that accounting was just very, very painful. So uh, I started a firm in 2013 called Zen Accounting. It was one of the first fully virtual online firms in North America. You know, North America's tended to be a few years behind uh, Australia uh, in terms of uh, innovation in accounting firms, but it was one of the more modern firms that started up here uh, when I started it. And the idea was just to make accounting easier, not only for me, but for small business owners and to leverage technology, meet online, automate processes where possible. And yeah, so it was just me, a one-man show with zero clients having no clue what to do whatsoever when it came to all aspects of running a modern accounting firm. Uh, had to bang my head against the wall a couple times, uh, more than more than a couple times, uh, learning everything about pricing, sales, marketing, managing a team, hiring and managing remotely, uh, process automation, all that kind of stuff. And uh, finally, uh, we're able to, was able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together and uh, created a more scalable model where I was able to grow the team to uh, about 15 over a five-year period and uh, received a lot of interest from outside buyers that wanted to acquire that kind of technology-forward model and um, exited to um, a, corporate ser a larger corporate ser services firm based out of Europe and in 2018, five years after starting, and then I started Future Firm. And Future Firm is really designed to help firm owners fast track a modern, scalable firm that they love working in. And uh, I have a newsletter that I send to over 4,500 firm leaders around the world where I give tips and tricks and content that helps them build a scalable model. I have a podcast, a blog. And I started Future Firm Accelerate uh, in January, which is a, an online coaching program which takes everything I know about running a modern firm paired with everything I've learned coaching uh, seven-figure firms over the last two years and um, turned that all into online courses, uh, an online community with a few hundred modern firm owners that get together and collaborate on uh, problems or, or issues that they're having and uh, some coaching for myself, some online group coaching for myself. So that's kind of what I'm busy with at the moment and hopefully I didn't spend too much time talking about my story here. <laughs> 
No, it, it's fascinating because um, I resonate with a few of those, you know, slightly different path, but very much the same, you know, not happy with the business models, not happy certainly with the burnout, like I literally burn out, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a bigger um, bigger firm stuff. And it was through your newsletter. I, I get the newsletter that, um, you know, one of the topics we're going to talk about soon is, you know, something that I picked up on it and, it, you know, is was, was Pilot, which is this new um, venture funded business. But that was such a short period of time, really, you know, from an accounting point of view, um, you know, 2013, even any kind of business scale up. I mean, work, work, I've started up a lot of businesses as well. And that five year turnaround is fascinating. And even the mindset involved in that, you know, is huge. So, and it was interesting when you said that you, you know, you thought um, public practice wasn't for you and then you went to what we call commercial over here. But, and we see that so much that people will go and then they go, well, this grass is better over there. And then they go, oh my goodness. And they come back. But what, what fascinated me about that story is that you went, well, no, let's, let's do it myself. And you, and you went in. And I think that that mindset is, uh, that entrepreneurial mindset is fantastic to now where you're delivering a whole different model of advice, you know, in the new online space. Um, a few questions I really wanted to go through there is, you know, the business mindset. One of the things that we really work on hard is trying to shift from that yeah. expert mindset into the business mindset and shifting from, you know, running that practice yeah. to building a business can you just, you know, rumble on that for a minute um, and how important that is going forward and some of the things that you might advise on how to start shifting that? Because most of us are trained, obviously, expert, um, which is not a business mindset. Yeah. So there's a few points I think I can make there, but I think I got into that business mindset very, very quickly out of necessity because I'm a terrible accountant. Okay. So... <laughs> Most firm owners, they're, act, they're good accountants, right? They do a really good job with that stuff. And that's what they've been trained to do, right? We've all, like, we've all went through accounting school. We've done our studies. We've been trained in an accounting firm. We've been trained with file work. That's what we know how to do. So it makes sense that that like, expert mindset remains when you start an accounting firm because that's what you're comfortable with. But I was not comfortable with accounting. I was, I was, I'm a danger. I'm a hazard with that kind of stuff. Okay, so I need to get out of that ASAP. The dangerous accountant. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, and to this day, I'm just like I can't reconcile a set of books. I'm just, um, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's just doesn't click with me. So I needed to get out of that really fast. And I was never interested in that. I was always interested in business. I was always interested. I probably didn't know it then, but marketing, you know, cool business models. And uh, I found out very quickly that I needed to hire an experienced person to handle the client file work so that I could focus on the things that I was better at. And I'm, I'm kind of maybe rambling here, but it's not the fault of many firm owners because that's how they've been trained and they don't know what else to do. Right. So. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm really answering your question, but I guess for me personally, it was out of necessity. I had to get into that business mindset to get me out of the file work, and that allowed me to build a business rather than manage a practice. Yeah. See, when I yeah, I was similar, but I did it for. I was actually not a bad accountant. I have a, but I'm from a like a. I love a good debit and credit, um, and the balancing and the P and Ls and financials. Terrible tax. And um, any kind of attention to detail and form. So when I went into business with my husband early on, 
I thought I had the business mindset and I thought I knew about business. And, you know, this is in 2000 and knew nothing. So I had to learn it at a necessity. Otherwise, we literally wouldn't have made money in that business. And it was, you know, really put me on the wall. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that we've got going forward. When you actually work with firms, how do you help them? Because, I mean, we don't want to give away the expert mindset either, but we have to sort of as leaders shift. Do you have any, um, you know, as, as we go forward into the next 10 years, if we like, because are you still surprised? Let me, sorry, reframe that. Are you still surprised that you've been talking about this for a while of the legacy firms? Um, you know, the, the majority, I think Canada is similar to here, that they're still doing so much firework. So even, even the technology, I don't think, has taken through as much as I would have expected by now. I'm not surprised because we don't have the support of the type of organizations that should be providing that kind of support. And I'm mm -hmm. mainly talking about in, in Canada, CPA Canada, and in the US, AICPA. Yeah. I mean, they say that's not their mandate. Their mandate is to protect the public. And I certainly understand that. But, you know, their members are CPAs. And a lot of these CPAs are in firms, running firms. And in my opinion, they have a duty to help these members out and to move them into the future. And uh, they're not doing that. And that's one of the reasons why I started Future Firm is out of frustration, really. And if I go back all the way to 2013, when I started my firm, it was also out of frustration that there was a lack of forward movement. So when I sold uh, Zen Accounting, my purpose really deep down is to help advance the accounting profession in some way, shape or form. And uh, there's not a lot of people that are doing that. And, you know, you're, you're certainly doing it, but I'm not surprised because the support is not there. The support of like the larger organizations that should be providing that support is really doing nothing. Yes. And it's a frustration of mine too, because we've got three over here. And I know that the, you know, one of the mandates we have, no, our, our members want the technical training. And I'm going, yes, but isn't it your job to look into the future and see what might or might not happen? And it's an interesting thing because from a business mindset point of view, if you're a membership-based business, you want your members to be thriving um, so they can pay your stuff. I mean, I agree with that. I hadn't actually quite thought of it that way. And, you know, that's a really interesting pickup for me is, yes, definitely the people. And I think the education, like even the universities and everything aren't developing the marketing, conversation, relationship, interpersonal skills that you'll need to go forward when we move into the more heart-centered style of businesses as technology takes over our, our brain work, so to speak. Absolutely. Like the technical knowledge is important, but to mm. only up to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, the educational system is also part of the, part of the problem and it has to be more in tune with where the world is heading. You know, I think too, what they, what, what we need to do is have these conversations. Like, you know, I'm in coaching groups at the moment where we're talking to different styles of businesses to get really great ideas of what we can do with our businesses. So to actually look outside our industry and see what's happening and, you know, what's going on, because even, you know, I'm looking, um, because you, um, talked about, I'm going to go onto it because I think it's a nice thing to like that email that yeah. you put through the other day, it was talking about something called pilot. Can you yeah. just give us a talk about that? I have not seen anything in any of our um, things about that. Yeah. So part of what I do, so I shoot a, uh, I shoot a, I have a weekly newsletter and basically what I'm doing there is I'm curating 
the top five things that I've seen on the internet that I think would be helpful for people that want to run a modern firm. And shameless plug here, if anyone's interested, you can go to futurefirm.co slash newsletter. But one of the pieces that I shared recently was that there is an accounting firm, quote unquote, called Pilot in the US, which is half tech startup, half accounting firm. And, you know, they've raised, uh, I believe it's $150 million in the last year or two. And the recent round that was completed, Jeff Bezos's personal investment company had invested a substantial amount of money in, into this company, currently valued at $1.2 billion, which is unbelievable. And they only have about a thousand clients. So they're not being valued on the typical accounting firm valuation. They're being valued according to like the tech startup metrics. So very, very high valuation. So it's very interesting to see how the landscape is changing. And, and what I think is what I think is interesting there is that our industry is really ripe for disruption. And there's companies that sense that and there's investors that sense that because there's so much pain associated with accounting. Like if you look at the typical clients, yes, things are more automated now, things are more easier, but marginally so. It's still very painful to deal with an accountant, get the books done, get the taxes done, and someone's going to solve for that. So it could be pilot, it might not be, but someone will massively disrupt the industry at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple of them start up in Australia and stuff. And, you know, I think as with anything like the Ubers, et cetera, of the world, there's been a whole lot of people who tried to do very similar things. And they're the ones that got it because they had that technology. Um, let me just explain something to everybody here because I can hear the accountants going, yep. how can they possibly value that? And how can they, value? as a, as a valuer myself, I get upset, but they're betting on the venture capitals are yeah. betting on the technology that they will disrupt and they're willing to take that bet if you like and i think the thing that i bought away from that and i've been talking about it for 10 or 15 years ever since zero came on over here is that the production and everything will happen and and the actual relationships that we can build and we are good at building and being the experts will be what will you know, really value add to our businesses going forward. And I think this is the era going back to the membership groups and everything. The staff is not being discussed. So even though you might dismiss it and say, why the hell would it be? People are putting lots of money in there. So there must be something in it, even if it's just a discussion to open our minds. And I think since I've seen that over here, I've seen the economic, political economic forum get together and ramble about you know, maybe we should just offer a higher mm -hmm. level um, straight deduction for income tax returns. So we would get rid of that whole area. Then we have things like our zero. Um, also, everybody, I think from memory, QBO runs under Pilot, does it? So the Intuit? Uh, yeah. So, so Pilot uses QBO mm -hmm. uh, and they layer their own technology on top of that. Yep. So, but it, QBO is the base. Yeah. So, you know, that might be one of them, but, you know, there's other ones coming up that, um, and the ATO here, and I know that, you know, everyone's trying to look for how to make this simpler, better, and, um, you know, look at it from a business mindset. And the big thing about the 3000 deduction, if people didn't lodge tax returns and stuff and got a little bit more money in hand, they actually get rid of a whole lot of cost in the actual ATO as well. So there's all these things that may or may not happen. 
but we have to get curious and, and, and have a look at it. Thank you for actually starting to do that research and, and everyone, you know, sign on in and, and have a look, you know, just have a look and get curious about these things. These are things are actually opportunities as well to build businesses that are different from that, who do build on relationships and stuff like that, which leads me into the next thing, which I, I think is interesting. And I think some of the emails that you put in, and it's definitely a passion for me personally and for all my clients is, you know, really business, building businesses to suit your lifestyle. So it's not necessarily, I'm going to build a small business, but what is, how do I want to integrate my businesses with, you know, what I want to do and what, how do I define success? Can, can you tell me, I mean, cause obviously that's what you did with your business in the first place. Yeah. I, I wish I did it in the first place, but uh, I had to learn it uh, the second time around when I started future firm, because I think pretty much all business owners, they start a business to create a better life for themselves, right? It's like, that's the reason why they go from a job to business owners, because I can have a better life if I'm a business owner. I could make more money. I could be have more flexibility, work less hours, hopefully, right? And then people start, you know, I'm dealing with accounting firm owners and they start an accounting firm and they have that idea in mind to have a better life, but they very quickly get rolled up into all kinds of file work. They're working more hours than before. Sometimes they're working, they're making less money than before. Work-life balance goes out the window. And uh, certainly, you know, I never had those, when I had my firm, I never had those crazy busy seasons or the nights and weekends and the 80-hour work weeks, but I definitely had a lot of stress. And part of the reason is, I wasn't laser focused on what I was looking to achieve and I had never really adequately defined that. And when I was starting to get approached by a lot of different firms that wanted to buy mine, then I started to think, okay, well, what do I really want out of life and what's the path that's going to get me there? And uh, that forced me to really clearly define what I really wanted, how much money I needed to make to be happy, how many hours I wanted to work, where I specifically wanted to spend my time, how much time off I wanted to take during the year and things like that. And to really set my personal goals and become really crystal clear about that and you know, define my ideal life and then build a business around that. And a lot of people neglect to, to think about what their ideal life looks like specifically and they neglect to build a business around that. They just get wrapped up in the busyness of their business and uh, their personal goals go out the window and uh, there's no real plan to get them to where they wanna go. So uh, again, I'm rambling a little bit here, but um, yeah, I didn't kind of understand that the first time around in business, but now that's the basis for everything that I do with Future Firm is lifestyle. And that's a very important theme for me. And I think we talked about this before, Samantha. Yes. This is a very important theme for, for me and in my program and for all, all, the, all the firms that I work with. And I think uh, you're on the, the, the same level with whoever you work with as well. So Absolutely. it's not just about growth for the sake of growth and just getting super big. It's about being happy with the growth that you do have and making sure that you have a good balance in your life and a great lifestyle. Yeah. And I think too, that definition of success as we go forward, you know, the, the very much patriarch, you know, and you know, we are like mm -hmm. the higher turnover and you always see, um, you know, particularly in experts, I'm going to, you know, I did 2 million this year. So I'm going to do 2.2 or whatever with no sort of clarification of yeah. even how you do that and what that actually means. And then the bottom line as well. But to me, it's that I learned it the hard way. Um, I literally burnt out and 
You do. And, you know, one of the super important things that for me and when we work with people is that let's sit down and ask that question. And so many times we get back. No one's ever asked me that before. I've never really thought about that before. And that everybody that takes some time and space. It's not something you jump straight into too, but, you know, start thinking about it from this podcast as well, because, and what's enough? Like you don't need, and I think the consumerism and everything of the world and as business owners, if we can start this transition in our own lives first, we can then mirror it in others and we can help our business owner clients going forward. It's so powerful, um, you know, as we transition from different styles of businesses. But if you haven't done it yourself, you can't help anyone else with it, as both of us have in various ways. Um, and it's so important. I don't know what Canada's like, but the mental health stats here for professionals is breaking my heart. And we have to get out off this hamster wheel treadmill that we're on. And if you don't work on it yourself, you will get spat out in some way that's probably many ways unacceptable through mental health problems or physical problems or um, however, however that is. And, you know, I think that if, if, if anyone's going to take that, that's the big one. Yes. Pilots all very interesting and stuff like that. So maybe with that sort of stuff coming up, it would be a good time to, to think about it, you know, from a lifestyle point of view, because I always get amused when people say, why are you going into business? Doesn't matter who you are. Um, what type of business you are oh, going to have more control and time. And I laugh and go, yeah. And how are you planning for that? <laughs> yeah. And that's the big question. You have to have a yeah. plan, yeah. right? And a lot of business owners just lack a plan, you know, and a plan is like, where do you want to end up? And the way I do it is you just reverse engineer, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the steps that you need to do to get there and, and that's it. And if you don't have that plan, then you're just going to be on that hamster wheel. Absolutely. Well, I think that that's a fantastic way to end. Have you got, you know, I always like everyone to take off three tips. Obviously your first tip is going to be get on your emails and um, yeah. What, what would you tell the people if you had three very quick tips? It doesn't matter if it's business or personal. Yeah. Look, I think, uh, yeah. I, I think we hit on a couple of them and one is to uh, mm-hmm. be clear on your personal goals because that's why you get in the business in the first place is to give yourself a better life. So define that better life. The other thing is to put a plan in place to help you get to that better life and be diligent on updating that plan. Yes. Um, uh, you know, so you need a strategy and that often gets neglected in a lot of firms. And the third thing is you could sign up for my newsletter and get all kinds of tips and content there. So those are my three tips for today. Right. Thank you so much. So there'll be links to your um, website in the show notes. So everyone jump on in. I would strongly recommend it just to get a little bit more curious and, you know, what's going on. And I think Canada and Australia and the UK too, um, being Commonwealth countries, I think we have the a real look. And I think, you know, working together as a global thing, you know, going forward is super important and it's super easy to do. Yes, Australia to the East Coast of Canada and America's yeah, we just get up early and have more coffee or you guys stay up and have more wine, one or the other. But <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, thank you so much. Really appreciated the time. And to everybody else, stay brave and continue the conversation. Thank you very much, Samantha. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on helping professional services experts to create time in their everyday to create change. 
If that sounds like you, jump on blueprinthq.com.au to book a free consultation so we can continue the conversation. And as always, be brave.